What's up, everyone? Welcome to Desolation Radio with Dan Nath. What's up, Nath? Uh, how much? How are you? I was toying with the idea of like giving us um, like a. I'd be like um, depressed and Dan Evans, and you would be like nihilistic Nathan Cush or something like that. Yeah, I mean we are anyway. Necrophiliac. Necrophili- Necrophili- that's that's later on in the season. <laughs> you know. Just my love of dead people is. Uh... We'll do it next time. Um, if you want to follow us on Twitter, by the way, individually, obviously we're at Desolation Wales, or Nathan is at Ghost Slap. I don't know why. <laughs> Um, and I'm at Dr. Dan Evans. Um, all right, so continuing our general election special, we've talked about Labour, and we're now going to talk about Plaid Cymru, and we're delighted to be joined by close friend of the show, Mr. Mark Hooper, who is now standing as Plaid Cymru's candidate uh, in the Westminster elections in Cardiff Central. Good evening. Yeah. Yeah. Excited. That's, just that's, random, that's the best random intro random. I've had for ages. Mm-hmm. Is, 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 keep it going like that. So this is you know a new a new hat for you. You've been our economic sort of guru um, in the past, and now you're you know you're in. It's, it's like the mask you've been revealed. I know. As, as applied. Uh, well, like the man behind the curtain, like Wizard of Oz. Yeah, it's like you know here. But no, but it, I, we were courageous all along. We just didn't realise it. <laughs> I think it's important sometimes to stand, isn't it? You know, sometimes it's easy to talk from behind the yeah you know behind the pulpit sometimes you actually need to stand up for things and i've really enjoyed it it's hard work really hard work but we, we spoke about this before and we like almost like this idea of i mean i spent my entire life sni- sniping at people <laughs> and you know like writing and criticizing others um and yeah i mean you said there's almost been a the stakes are so high this time it's you know i was We've talked about this before, but I, I almost didn't want to join a political party. I thought there was something I could do from outside the system. But but I think politics, this is hugely important. You know, and I think that that's the reason I'm standing this time. And, you know, and I'd stand again, but it would it's it's hugely important. Isn't it? Best to take the system down from the inside, isn't it? You've got to do something. I think it's just, you know, I've that, and we'll get on to it, I'm sure. But we've had people who are starting to recognise that this is a really important election, whether that you know, it's going to rain on Thursday, which I think is going to be a will depress the turnout to some extent. But that did change the presidential election once the rain. weather. Yeah, it adds to the sort of uh, apocalyptic. You know, there's like Creedence Clearwater playing in the background, and I don't know. It's it it adds to excuses. You know, at the end of the day, it adds. Oh, we didn't win because it rained. Whereas actually, you didn't win because people <laughs> weren't that enthused to get out and and vote for you. So how's the campaign been going? You obviously haven't had it. I mean, how long have you had to? To, to run it to get to stand I can't even remember it's been a couple of months but it's been um, it's, it started off really, what we've decided to do is just put all our energy into talking to people because that's the most critical thing I think there's I think Plaid have got a really good message a strong message and I think that's because they're, they've got an alternative message because it's a very Welsh message and we've spoken to lots of people we've not been trying to you know, throw things through people's doors which seems to be a campaign of sin and you know it's been it's been good fun and we've we've learned a lot and we've convinced people i love it when you not talk to somebody and say oh, i'm going to vote so and so and you say well why are you doing that and when they, when you get through to them and you start to talk about what you're doing and, and why you think you'll be a good you know, mp for them and then you walk out the door and they say yeah i'm going to vote for you that's amazing you know it's like made my day i know it's only one person but no, it's, it's, uh, it's amazing yeah. you know so naively when i was younger i was like i don't see why politicians don't just speak to every single person in the town. Yeah, just and then think it, yeah, and, and but obviously you've said you are going to do this like door knocking and so what's it been like? I mean, so Cardiff Central, that's Roth, um, what Penelan, Plasnewydd, Pentwyn, 
planet. And it's a big war, you know, city centre. So it's a it's a um, it's a big constituency. It's quite diverse, and it is diverse as well. But it's uh, you know, there's some things that you know bring it together. You know, it's a sixty percent Remainer constituency, so there's a lot of people who that's the really important issue. It seems to a lot of people. Um, but there's other th- there's other things as well. But I think the you know the critical thing is that it isn't a conservative target. You know, the Tories from Ealing. You know, he's mm. he's, he's not turning up. Um, so <laughs> it gives you, yeah, it, but it gives them scope. It gives you scope to actually challenge um, the people who are you know considered to be the front runners. Because I and I think that the biggest single group of people that I've seen when I or I've spoken to are people who don't know how they're going to vote. So they know it's important. They know who they're not going to vote for, but they haven't actually made their mind up. And this is still, you know, this is today. This mm-hmm. isn't, you know, the people are still struggling. And I'm not sure that that's going to change that much in the next, you know, couple of days. I think people will be walking into the polling booth and they'll be going, mm, bang. I don't know how that would work on the radio there, Nathan. I'm sorry that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seemed like they were working with a hammer there, like yeah. a really kind of apprehensive hammer. All right, so to, I mean, uh, we've, you know, People always talk about the, the doorstep, so I'll, well, I'll we'll pontificate on Twitter and someone say, well, actually, on the doorstep, the vibe is this, so you're wrong. So why didn't you sum up what the vibe is on the doorstep in Cardiff Central, if there is, apart from like this, you know, the, the Remain issue? Okay. Um, there's a couple of things that we've picked out, and these may not be reflected. These, these are doors that, are, that we've knocked and I've spoken to. There's a lot of people undecided, like I just said. Um, the, the Lib Dem vote, which is this used to be, you know, 2005, this was a Lib Dem seat. It seems to have dis- it seems to have gone. You know, there are very few oh, no. Lib Dem voters there that we're seeing. We're there because um, you know, it's earlier you said that it's a, um, a constituency with a high, you know, Romania. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Lib Dems pose themselves as the the party of the Romanian vote. It seems not to have any traction. I, I I don't know whether it's Tim Farron. I don't know whether it's the local campaign. But it isn't. Don't get me wrong. We are speaking to people who are saying yes, they're voting Lib Dem, um, and you know, there's not an insignificant group of them. But it isn't. At the moment, we're not seeing that as a as a traction that's really taken the the seat by storm. Um, and I, and I think you know, listen, look, watch Tim Farron on his television performance. I don't think he's he's changed. He's not done what Clegg did. Um, in 2010 is quite different there. I thought he did well in the debate mind between the seven. The, the last one he did all right, but he, he still lost. You know, he still won out of seven, and I think there's. Yeah, I think the problem with that is because you had um, arguably four, five part, five parties who were centre to left, so he ended up just kind of they almost agree with each other on each point when it came to it. It's just boring, doesn't it? Yeah, and it was just a squabbly mess as well. Just need a well. Did they have? Was there a UK representative? I didn't want. Yeah, Paul Nuttall. I oh, was it Nuttall boy. Yeah, Paul Nuttall. Bernard Manning. <laughs> yeah, just to stir it up like a social hand grenade. All right, so the Lib Dems are uh, not well from you know from what you've heard aren't sort of uh, doing particularly well. What so, else? So we've seen that. I think there's um, the I'm repeating myself a little bit, but the Remain question and the Brexit question is still most in people's minds so it's the thing people are talking about they're concerned very much for the impact on Cardiff Central the university impact the, um, a lot of people work in the in the public sector so they're scared of their impact on it um, and I, one thing that I find that isn't uh, appreciated enough is actually why people in Blaine Gwent voted to leave so I think there's a bit of a disconnect this is where maybe the Lib Dems haven't really 
capitalised is that they're just they're talking to one group of people without the recognition that actually there's a there were reasons why people voted to leave. And mm -hmm. I think that we're in a position now where implied that we can talk about making sure that we're at least challenging for the best Brexit for Wales. Now, I'm not sure there's there's really a best Brexit. Like all of them are bad. Yeah. Um, but is is there something where you can start to at least protect some of the industries that are under threat from you know we get I can see all of the London-centric parties just going, I'll tell you what, we're going to protect the city of London. That's the most important thing to the UK. And everything else goes to, to pot. So it's not just a Welsh issue. I think if I was in the northeast of England, I'd be concerned by this. If I was in you know, Scotland, I'd be concerned. I think that you know, Scotland have got a group to, to take that challenge on. Uh, in Wales, it's, it's dissipated a little bit more. But it's, you know, it's a massive, ma this, this is the critical critical issue and people care you know it's it's not as though we're getting I'm, very few people are, are being rude or dismissive on the door so we're not we're not getting any of that you know maybe it's because i smile i don't know but um so smooth that's right i think that's that's it yeah but it, but it is i've just done a bit of gardening for you have we got time i've done that yeah just like have you just tidied up like just yeah, did a bit of weeding for 10 minutes like yeah. yeah you know bring their milk bottles in and things like that yeah we've done all those and things. if and if they disagree you just chuck but, but jane i'm yeah. sure i'm sure that, yeah <laughs> Shh. but I'm, I'm sure all the other parties are getting the same sort of thing i think people are interested in this election whether they're interested enough to go out and vote or will they you know Will they stay at home? I, I, you know, I'm still not convinced. But you're looking at the polls, and they're, and they're showing that the, in the on a UK level, it's the highest ever two-party poll since '79. So I think it's, it's 81 percent. I think, and they're going to vote either Labour or Conservative. So that is a massive. That may be some of the reason behind the Lib Dems being squeezed out. So what are these Ramonas? Uh, <laughs> what are they? What are they? You know, what do they want politicians to do? What I mean, what are they saying? Like, I've seen, I've seen Ply take some heat on, well, as if I'm doing any other interaction on Twitter, but you know, on Twitter, because people are like, you know, Ply have agreed to like Brexit now, and like there's no good Brexit, and as, as you just said, there probably yeah. isn't a good Brexit, but I mean, what do people practically want? What, what are they been saying they want people to do on the doorstep? Like, well, I think that I, I, for me, this is, this is my take. So, so, because my job has taken me across Wales, I've seen a different. I'm sure some of these people have seen that perspective as well. I'm not dismissing that. But the thing that I think that they, um, they, they want to see their livelihoods and their concerns that matter to them directly protected in some way. And when you take that one step, this is the reason I think they're willing to listen to what we've got to say, because you take that just on a, on a Welsh perspective. There's, the, the risks are so massive and they could be, this is a direct impact. This is a, you know, a massive explosion of, disaster coming if we're not careful. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I just don't see anyone else standing up for it. And this is, you know, you, politicians often come out with this blight, you know, real trite statement saying, we're going to stand up for you and we'll protect your rights and things like that. And then, you know, there's evidence that some of them just don't. You know, you look at pictures coming out of the House of Commons and people talking about Wales and they're not there. And the thing you see, apply MPs, you know, we're actually there debating, we're voicing the concerns of the residents. And I think that's, that's important. So I think people, that's, coming through um, and then in Wales you've obviously got a different Labour message than you've got from the rest of the UK which it's, it's is interesting. A, it's a bit of a weird one how um, Welsh Labour position themselves because they? they can kind of rely on oh you don't like Corbyn well neither do we uh, yeah. you vote for us yeah. and uh, because I was in um, it's, a, it's like a little market in Swansea I mean, like a pop-up market for like, Swansea market 
No, because that's, that's the centre one. Oh, yeah, lunch cakes was like a middle class one. We oh, get like venison burgers and stuff. Yeah, and you know, it was, um, and the labour stall, they were happy to kind of churn the, the Corbyn. Uh, oh, they were going for the Corbyn. Yeah, they were like, oh, I have a badge with Corbyn's face on it. We don't yeah. like him, but you know. Yeah, they're, they're a chameleon party, aren't they? Um, they always have been, they always will be. Um, well, my mask has slipped. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sorry, all right, so have you, have, you, have you had any cranks? Like any any mad opinions on the doorstep? A Gordon Brown moment when he was that Gillian Duffy, whatever her name was, is it? Yeah, a bitch. A bitch, a dead woman. Yeah. Um, oh, she died. <laughs> oh, well, I've made sure I've, I don't wear a microphone. That's a, that's a start. <laughs> yeah, you've got. Um, Take it off before you sleep, people. Then. Yeah. <laughs> you've got a megaphone. I, 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 <laughs> it's I, like I really hear you. What's interesting is good when you go out with other people, you can you go back and you say, oh, you know, talk about the opinion you just had. Um, expressed to you so there's been very few to be fair who are not interested they're, they're interested and in say interesting things there's been very few who've said things you know that are completely yeah off the wall you know I've I've seen very few yeah I can't I can't on one hand the number of people who said they're going to vote UK mm-hmm. for example that's you know they're another one you can t- you, we can take those guys off the table as well yeah but the problem with the UK uh, is where does that go now yeah so I don't think it's gone anywhere yet I think at the start of the campaign you could have argued it's going the way of the Tories I think that's probably a floating set that it still won't land back at UKIP but some of it may well you know oh that's what I mean it's how they're going to strengthen I've um, read a really good article about you know the uh, UKIP vote and it said like about 40% may find, may find its way back to Tories and maybe even like 17% back to Labour which I thought was quite interesting considering what, what, I, what I've been interested in though is, is whether or not I mean People have said it happens in Anglesey, but I sh- surely people that voted UKIP aren't you know that, that they have had nothing to do with plight. I just I've, I've, my personal assumption is that those that floating group, if they've considered voting UKIP, I can see a lot of old Labour people, you know, with that sort of militarism and that sort of British nationalism sort of that was exists quite comfortably with within the Labour Party. I can see them making the sort of the transition to UKIP, but I do struggle seeing. That go into so I think there's a bit, and it, it isn't necessarily my pride. Yeah, I think there's a bit of, you know, there's a pop, there's a, a growth in populism even within pride, which right. I think is a, is you know, with some of with some of the rhetoric. And I think that this isn't the party thing. This is just individuals. I think, and I think that that sometimes can attract, and um, people, you know, this is yeah. we can do better. We can still, you know, we can still what they're doing is rubbish, and we can do better. And I think that's really quite the world's much more complicated than that and I think when we just come out with those messages and say you know they're rubbish and we're better all that'll happen in five years time when they realize that we've not changed things as much as we could or promised to do then they'll just there's an inching then towards I think towards the right and that's still the risk UKIP may have disappeared up its own backside but the people those people's views haven't changed they're within the Tory party you could argue now some of them and I think there's a risk that they're just going to get more and more um, emboldened in what they say and you know there's I read an article the other day and you know, admittedly this is the states talking about these groups of people who are, who are arguing for you know this is there's a right wing real emboldened right wing nationalist um, entity which which I think is under the surface in in Wales and it's in places where they've just been left behind you know this is they're othering people because actually they have no one else to blame because actually they've got their future is quite bleak in lots of places the risk is we promise them the world and give them a nice glass shiny steel thing 
and they still can't get a job in, who's, who's that helped? We spent some money, but who's that helped? I, I guess so, you're hitting that is almost the limits of political power, isn't it? I mean, if, you know, it doesn't matter who's in charge of a certain region, if it's kind of underdeveloped and underfunded, then there's very little you can do. I think it's a limited political system, not political power. I think the system, oh, yeah, yeah, this, yeah, this yeah. is, you know, and this goes on, I suppose, to where the future of this eventually lies, which I'm sure we'll come on to in a bit, but I think there's an opportunity, as we've said before on the other shows, is there's an opportunity for something different. And, and interestingly, I think that all these things, you know, seeing the prospect of, you know, long-term conservative rule and the impact that have on Wales, I think is, you know, horrific. Um, but it could also be the change, you know, it could be the thing that actually people go, actually, this isn't, this isn't good enough. Um, would it be any different in the Labour? I'm not convinced of that either. So this is the other, you know, I'm still don't see it as a, I'm not a, isn't the sky blue if we had Corbyn as Prime Minister for Wales? I really can't see that. Yeah, that's, that's quite a weird thing they're going for at the moment, isn't it? Especially like, we do with Corbyn, like having a cult of personality around him because it just doesn't really seem the kind of person to attract one. It's just more like he represents this, you know, Labour throwback to this, I don't know, revisionist he's, idea of what I know we're not talking about Corbyn but he's learned I, I, don't, I think he's learned quite he's been he's been taught how to be on television a lot more yeah, now yeah. so he's he's a lot more considered in his words and he slows down instead of you know sometimes his brain seems to work faster than his mouth and then his mouth caught up half hour later and he came out with things that just didn't feel right and now he's just been you know he's taken a breath he's become much more effective doesn't want to nuke the entire world though. So. I know what a yeah. Like. I just can't believe it. That audience didn't like that at all, did they? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that, that audience speaks for exactly what you just saying in terms of there's something latent, I think, bubbling away under the surface, which is quite worrying, as you said in your launch, dark clouds on the surface, and maybe people haven't really appreciated it. I mean, at the end of the last podcast, Dai Moon talked about you know some of the things that Theresa May is trying to do, regulating the internet is one of the things she's spoken about. It's spoken about recently. I mean, we live in not interesting times, we live in worrying times, I think. Um, and we'll talk about. It's worrying times, sorry, Dan, it's worrying okay. times for Wales as well. Yeah, exactly. You know, this is, we're, we're at, I think we're very much at the you know, the bleeding edge of some of these changes because the poverty is so entrenched and has been here for such a long time in some of our communities, that it, which includes Cardiff Central. You know, there's, there's swathes of, you know, we might have Roth Park and the houses around there, but we've also got some um, areas of quite significant poverty in the constituency well, as well. The fallout of all this new development is just a huge increase of homeless people on the streets, isn't it? It's frightening. You know. Um, we'll talk, all right, so we'll, later we'll talk about um, the different, you know, this you know, scenario, let's say like a, a Corbyn-led UK, or, you know, applied versus Labour and things like that. Um, important issue now, where do you stand on, you know, car megaphones as campaigning? Because, I mean, I never w- would want to do actual walking as a campaign. The thing is, yeah, you get chauffeured around and you can hit more targets. And and you can just yell abuse uh, because a lot of it is incomprehensible. Uh, Be like, there's a guy in a car. You. But I know, I mean, Four for me. You haven't used that. You haven't used the car megaphone method, like. No, we talked about it today. We had our final, you know, campaign meeting, smoke-filled room, and all this sort yeah, of stuff, sure. and um, the war room. War room, yeah. With the Illuminati. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and, and we all know who you were from that. <laughs> and, and we and we did think about bringing out the megaphone, um, but what it does, it wakes up your opposition as well. So if you know, if they are asleep in bed and forget to vote for. To, by 10 o'clock on Thursday, then that's, then that's good for us. We've got to make sure we get our vote out. What's interesting is that actually a campaign involves identifying your voters and then making sure they go out and vote for you. That's, 
the crux of it. There's a, there's a part of this. So I enjoy, like we've already said, I, I quite enjoy trying to convince people to change their mind. So I don't mind having a debate with somebody yeah. on the doorstep. You can't waste your time on a debate, but there's people who I think you can see chinks in their, um, their thinking that yeah. you can go and, go and talk about. But, but as a general rule, you, you find out who's going to vote for you and you make sure that they come out and vote for you on the day. To what extent is it data-driven then? Because obviously a lot has been made about you know, new Labour's like campaign strategy in terms of they just get the data software from the US, right, this swathe of the population is a, on a, or is a, a potential or a wavering voter, let's target them, ignore our, ignore our heartlands, ignore people that aren't going to vote. Lumping all their um, hopes with the uh, youth vote, isn't it? Turned out as well that the youth vote is mainly in uh, Labour strongholds anyway. But, but all of these are missing actually anyone coming out with anything really radical. That's the crux of it. Because when you do that, I think you you focus on, you know, our, our electoral system's best at the end of the day. Most people, you know, there's a lot of people whose votes don't count. Mm. Yeah. So if you're a Tory voter in Abbeville, your vote's not going to count. Yeah. So, and that, you know, we may all smile at that one, but that isn't, it isn't right in today's day and age. It's just a bit better way of doing it. But if you, if you take that and you just think, well, actually, we're going we're gonna to focus on this narrow group of people in a narrow bunch of constituencies, and in Wales it's very few. With you know, the message is is quite un it's uninspiring for most people. So you don't look at like we're going to focus on this group, or you just a broad attack of would, the whole would, constituency. Would yeah, if you if you live in a street, we're knocking your door. If we knock your door and we're able to talk to you, we'll find out what you want. And the question isn't will you you know. It's, if, you know, if you've ever been to on, a, on a doorstep doing this stuff, the first, most people just say, can we count on your vote? Mm. And if I was behind the door, I'd go, why? You know, yeah. So what, we're trying not to ask that question. We're saying, you know, how, what are you thinking about things? And then they start to say, it's not just who they're going to vote for. They talk about the issues that matter to them. And when that comes out, you can, that's when you can pitch your message. Otherwise, it's just a bit of a bland, boring. Yeah. It, it becomes, I enjoy it. So... I don't enjoy the boring bit. I enjoy the other bit where you start to challenge people. It's good. Making friends. Yeah. I don't know about that. <laughs> um, Will you add me on Facebook after this? <laughs> you should go around with, uh, you consider going around with uh, sort of quite tough Italian Americans and tracksuits just to stand behind you whenever you're, if there's a wavering vote, they're like, yeah, sure. Can, can I come on your vote? Hey, it's a nice, uh, nice car. Yeah, the implicit. Shame if something happened to it. The implicit threat. Yeah. So, so that wasn't a direct question for me, was it? No, no. Okay. Just, uh, just, just, no, we're just, we're just, we're just workshopping ideas. I'm just checking with my agents and seeing whether or not it allows. A bit of advice. Yeah. All right, so um, we'll move on to more, you know, policy sort of things at the moment. So, um, applied a bit. Well, there's a great article on uh, Nation.Cymru at the moment. Um, if you haven't been reading Nation.Cymru, then this you should. Thank you for saying that, Ivan. Um, so Jason Morgan is. You know, in this article, you cast critical eye on Plaid Cymru's election campaign, looks at the seats where they're most likely to make gains. Um, and he basically said in this election is, you know, he, he said that Plaid have hyped themselves up over the years and this, he kind of implies that this election is make or break. So what do you think about Plaid's overall chances in Wales? Obviously, you, you, I know you're going to... Toe the party line. Um, I, I take my... My take is I don't think it's a make or break okay, election. I, I actually I don't think that's true. Um, I think that it's a make or break election for Wales, okay. and that's a that's a different thing. And then who um, stands up for Wales? I think need to be challenged to make sure they do. So if, if Welsh Labour end up with more MPs representing Wales, 
Well, I think the Welsh people have got it for once actually expect them to represent Wales when they go to Westminster. I think they'll fail at that because they've got a record of failing at it before. But that that's the critical thing. I don't think it's not a make or break for, for Plaid. Okay. Uh, I think it's important and I'd like to see Plaid make some gains. And I think they've got a chance of making some gains as well. And these are all well, you know, the article outlines where they might be. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of this is about having quality, there's some quality people who are standing as well. You know, you take, the Ronda's a, a good example. You know, you've got somebody in Brown and Kennard who could actually, you'd want her representing you as a member of parliament. She's, yeah. she's a capable woman. She, she understands things. She understands people. Um, she's feisty as well. She'll actually fight hard for the Ronda. But I think there's, you know, these are, these are tough. You know, the Ronda has voted Labour you know, for such a, a long time in Westminster. But that was broken, um, I know it's been broken before, but it was broken again last year in the Assembly election with Leanne taking the seat. So now it's got to be an opening there. But it's tough. So what do you make of, I mean, a lot has been made of, you know, Leanne, Leanne Wood's decision not to stand in the wrong there. Some people have said it's, you know, she should have gone for it because she's got a chance. I mean, if you look at the, um, since Chris Bryant has come in, you know, the Labour voters has gone from what, I think it was 75% in 97 to was it under 50 now. Um, so it hasn't been, you know, hasn't been very good. It basically, it's gone from a position of unassailable strength in yeah. the Ronda to one of complete vulnerability. Yeah. And given, you know, Leanne's popularity, I think a lot of people thought, well, just go for it. So what do you think about the decision not to stand? So I think it's the right decision not to stand. Because, and it... Uh, people disagree implied. I think this is a, there's, there's a genuine split between whether they think it's a good thing or not. Yeah. That the decision has been taken. And as I say, I think they've got an excellent candidate standing as well. Yeah. But if we really believe that we want to run our affairs from Cardiff Bay or from within Wales, forget about Cardiff, from within Wales, I think the leader of the party that wants to run Wales needs to be staying in Wales. So I think it was the right decision. Um, and I don't think it's the right decision for, on her own um behalf as well because had she lost I think it would have caused a lot of problems for her but I actually don't think that's the important thing I think the important thing is that the leader applied Cymru should be focusing on Cardiff Bay to make change not Westminster okay yeah well that's a good a good answer yeah criminal basis there yeah all right so what about now um well I, we've been flicking through Plaid's manifesto um I want to need a better is, is this is this is this a sort of there's a ten questions. Have I got to get them right or wrong? Yeah. <laughs> no, but one of the things that strikes me is that I've always, I mean, I don't tend to read manifestos. Not I mean, famously, you know, was it you know the Welsh Assembly last year? You know, Labour barely bothered putting a manifesto out yeah. at all. I mean, was it a couple of what ten days or something or something yeah. like that beforehand? I mean, and for me, that sort of really and they still haven't even got, haven't got a program for government now. So we're a year, we're over a year into the in, Welsh, and they haven't. Put in their program of government into the Welsh Assembly. It's, it's mind blowing. It's it's wrong, isn't it? And that that for me last year was like there's n- numerous straws that you know the, the straw that breaks the camel's back. But for me that is whatever. I mean, wh- however, whether you know whether you're a Corbynista, whether you you're a newcomer to the Labour Party, you think they're fantastic, or if you wanted to understand like the crux of you know Welsh politics and the Welsh Labour Party over the last twenty or so years in Wales, it would be not bothering to put a manifesto out in an assembly election, purely, I think, because they just think, well, we don't give a shit because we're going to win anyway, and turnout's only going to be 45% almost. Who cares? That is it that, that was what I took from it anyway. And I think that's, a lot of people took that. 
but they didn't take it enough to go and you know, it was the alter were the alternatives radical enough. You know, I vote. I in the last same election, I hadn't joined Plaid. I joined in August this year, so I was on it. This is the second time I voted for him. I was already it's become a habit. I was very supportive of the campaign, but I was still critical of the fact that it wasn't a radical enough campaign. I, you know, when when you look at when we accept the standard operating procedure of government and it delivers this for years and years, someone's got to start saying, "Let's stop the best and we need to we need to start doing things differently. And that's you know that's, that's one of the things that. You asked about the doorstep, but I'll go back one second. You know, I've had people talk to me about Welsh independence on the doorstep. So this isn't something that is that unprompted. No, I can't ask. Oh, sorry. Um, no, no, it was no. See, it, 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 you know, this. It, it, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying this is that everyone's there. You know, going, come on, let's be independent. But there's people who are prepared to have the discussion and not to a laugh at it, but also to say to reckon when they start to say, well, this is the, the current stuff isn't very good. You know, it hasn't been very good for a long, long time. So that. That's that's massive, I think, and you know, and that's something that I've been quite happy to have that conversation with as well. I so I mean, so come back onto the manifesto. So yeah. in the past, I think Plaid manifestos have been quite unusual in their level of detail. Um, in some of the putting forward, I think some quite radical community-based solutions to things. Um, a blueprint for the Ronda, I think, was that document I read before, like a, a year or so ago, and it was really interesting you know some quite interesting radical ideas but what strikes me this time is it's quite stripped down i think it, it, it's a lot simpler there's not costings in it no it's not at all um, is it? so it is, so it is cost i think the difference is is that this is it's an action plan yeah so, so if, if we get you know at the moment there are three mps in westminster applied mps it's what can they do and how are they going to exert their influence so if there were 40 of them this is how they'd behave these are the things that they would say are important these are the things that they fight for and some of this is you know obvious stuff like making sure that what the brexiteers promised wales when they voted out we make sure we get you know it's, it's things like that but it's it's so i think it's, it's an action plan rather than it being a manifesto we, you know yeah. with the most mps we're ever going to get is 40 we ain't going to run the government we could have an influence over it but we're not going to run the government so this is a this is what these men and women will do interesting for those constituencies when they get there. And I think, you know, they've proven that the three who are there at the moment actually do get off their backsides and get engaged with um, Westminster politics. So they're, you know, they're active in their, in pursuing their goals as well, because when you've got big parties, it doesn't matter because if they know they're going to win a vote or whatever, they just turn up and, the, you know, the, the bells ring and they all, they all come out of the bars and things and go and vote. We're engaged in conversations as well, which is good. It's interesting what you say about um, so like leave the almost leave the detail more detailed stuff for like the assembly election possibly. Um, what you said there is important because I I mean Mark Shipman has written a good article. On it. People don't really seem to know what the point of an M, like what an MP does and what's the point. So what's the point in being an MP? You know for Wales and what's the point in being a played MP? So so. Do you, so I think it's a really, really important question because not only so at the moment we've got forty MPs, about to go down to twenty nine MPs. Wales's influence on what goes on in Westminster is going to go get less and less and less. And as it gets less, the impact of what if it's going to be a long term Conservative government coming on, you know, there will be no care or attention to 
to Wales. How many times do you get it now where actually we're lumped in together? You know, that we, and the, the scary thing is you, Labour, Labour, Welsh Labour MPs haven't been standing up. They've allowed devolution of police into Manchester, but not to Wales. You know, this is a bit bizarre the other day when the Champions League came and Karen was saying, well, we're not going to have any armed, um, we're not going to have the army on the streets for it. As if he had a choice in it. Yeah. You know, this was, he was in the room and, and Amber Red said, Oi, Karen, you're not having him. He's, he has no choice. He has no influence. Mm. He should have influence. He should, be, he should be engaged in that and his voice should matter and it doesn't. And, you know, I think increasingly, I think you're starting to see some some people, the, the very pro-devolutionist part of the Welsh Labour Party, start to recognise actually this deal isn't the be-all and end-all. You know, a friend, people who we both know in the Labour, who are actually starting to come onto the, you know, they're, they're more than indie curious. There's, it's an interesting dynamic starting, I think. So, yeah, I mean, what you just said, I mean, the point of an MP for Wales in a constituency, I mean, people, I, it's to go to Westminster and basically kick up a fuss and fight for the issue, you know, fight against essentially what you said was going to be a Conservative government. So if the Conservative government said, actually, we're going to scrap the Barnett formula or, you know, like hypothetically, or we're going to do this, or we're going to just lead a policy of sort of planned abandonment and just leave Wales to rot, which is something like, which wouldn't even be that surprising. You need a group of people there actually saying, well, no, this isn't going to happen. Uh, as you said, the declining number of MPs is important. So it's really important that the people who get elected to Westminster have Wales's... In, and that doesn't mean, that's not a nationalistic thing to say. It's just saying it's the fact it's that Wales, it's because Wales is so poor, you need a strong voice. And there are some people who are, who have been MPs, who are, who are there at the moment, who are standing again this time, who just aren't good enough as well. So that like who go on just uh, <laughs> back. Um, yeah, just give them the Some of them give them constituencies. Some of them are holding, you know, shadow portfolios, and they're just not good enough, and they've never been good enough. And actually, these people need to. They they, they shouldn't. You know, I I almost I I don't almost care which party they're standing for. I want really excellent people yeah. who can think things through standing up for a constituency in Wales. And when they're not good enough, you know, they've just got through because it's been an, an easy win for them. And I hope that starts to change. And I hope, you know, this current campaign, one of the things that has really disappointed me is that we've had very few Hustons, you know. In Cardiff Central, we've had one that only the Lib Dem and I turned up for for the first half an hour. Um, a lineage, and then there was uh, we, we had a replacement for Labour turn up for the last half hour. Is it Amber Road? <laughs> no, Tories, Tories didn't turn up, it's too far away from Ealing. Yeah. Um, and then we had uh, there was a Radio Cardiff um, interview the other day, and there was uh, the Green Party, me, and a replacement for the Lib Dems. Labour didn't bother turning up, Tories didn't bother turning up, UKIP didn't bother turning up. And if their policies can't be tested in an environment where you actually get challenged to it, I just I think we're missing out. I think. It's it's too easy to hide away from those things, and then you get the opportunity. They can a one to one discussion with somebody misses the person going. Well, that's not true. You know, it's, there was a I don't know whether you saw there was an ex Met um, chief on the telly yesterday who was talking about the fact that and um, there are because the uh, Tories have said there are now more armed police on the streets than there were, and he was saying that's just a lie. Mm. Oh yeah, you know, these things that. need to be yeah, challenged. Lie, you know, this yeah. is this is, and he what he that's a brave, it's a brave guy that is, I think. Yeah, because I don't think the, he said that 
with that, you know, this, this was a tough thing for him to come out and say, but people are so incensed by some of these things. And you get that, I think, with other people. I think you, you, I think there's a risk you get it here in our country in the, in the way that we deal with um, the Welsh government as well. You know, this is, it's as if the people don't deserve to know the truth. You know, we don't have a very open government. You know, it took one businessman to get, you know, and I don't think they've come out of the right answer, how much money we've spent on Aston Martin. It took a it's a, you know, a guy to keep going and persevering on it. All right, so we'll go back to the, you know, the, the function of the Plaid, you know, the Plaid MP, you know, when you get elected and what you're going to do at Westminster, in Westminster, um, apart from, you know, free bar. Like, yeah, just let, let the expenses. institution correct um, straight away. <laughs> I would. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, we're open. But what's interesting, you said, I mean, you, first you just said about competence, this idea that some people are there and just aren't up to the job. But there's also um, Martin, so Martin Shipton, as who I think is like sort of holding the fort single-handedly at, over at Trinity Mirror. You know, um, he's the only player. But, but, yeah, but he wrote a fantastic article about the the role played by the Labour because you know the Labour Party always had the majority of Welsh MPs, and he was so his article was about who is basically fighting Wales's corner um, yeah. in Westminster, and you know ever since like the Gang of Six. Um, blocking sort of devolution in the 70s you know Leo Absey and yeah. and all that you've 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 had I think a tension between Welsh Labour's um, commitment to the Labour Party and the Labour Party whip and their sort of commitment to Wales constitutional issues things like that and so what Martin Shipton wrote he said Welsh Labour MPs elected from Wales will not form a distinct Welsh Labour grouping in the Commons they will follow the whip of the Parliamentary Labour Party they have shown on many occasions that when there's a conflict in policy between the Welsh Labour government and the uh, Parliamentary Labour Party, notably over what further power should be devolved to Wales, they will vote with the Parliamentary Labour Party every time. Um, and he said, Plaid Cymru is far more consistent, for what it's worth, in the way its politicians vote at Westminster and in the Senate, which goes back to what you just said about how the Plaid MPs are actually very active and, and, and so on and so forth. But, but you can understand that, because Labour is a UK party. Whereas Plaid is a is a Welsh party, so I, you know, it's I suppose it comes down to, and this is you know the the independence argument in a nutshell is whether or not you feel there's a significant difference in the way these these countries are, and their needs and resources and um, the values in them. That are are we are we that different? Now a lot of people would would say. That we're not, you know. They, if you lived in Monmouth, I, I'm not sure. You know, Monmouthshire, you could argue you're very close to Herefordshire and whatever. I think there's, there's some, but as a general rule, if you take, I think there's there is a significant difference in need in particular. You know, 75 percent of kids grow up in poverty in Trevethan. Do you think the Tories are going to change that? Because I don't. Do, do I believe that Labour, Welsh Labour will change that? No, I don't think so either. I think they'll want to change it, but they, you know, they had a chance. This was the same. These are the same stats when you know, Blair and Brown were in government. It's a lot of the, the ability to change this sits within the Welsh government's remit as well. And they've still not been able to change. And if they think oh, we're going, I know it, we're reverting back, building shiny new glass and steel, that, that isn't doing it. But do you think, for in a sense, Labour can draw strength that the Tories will always be worse than them? So you know. They can always use that as a threat to stay in power. Yeah, and I think to extent they are right, and that's I mean, lesser evilism, isn't it? Yeah, pretty like much. Voting for Hillary, like you know. Yeah, just to yeah. But I mean, this I mean this is I think is one of the most interesting issues is that I've always wondered, you know, and I've always even said like you know like 
warned played in a way. Like, what's going to happen if you, you know, so it's quite, been quite easy, I think, for Plaid to position themselves to the left of, firstly, the British Labour Party, and secondly, the Welsh Labour Party. If you look at Welsh Labour's sort of record in government, is you know, it's defined by sort of timidity and sort of moderation yeah. and a refusal to do anything radical. Yeah. Refusal to do anything, basically. Um, but what's going to happen if you get someone like Jeremy Corbyn, a genuine social democrat who's got this radical new manifesto and things like that, um, how applied going to, how applied in your view define themselves as different and, and why should people vote applied instead of Jeremy Corbyn? Because that's, I mean, as Nate said, it's becoming this a two-horse race in England, certainly, sort of the smaller parties are getting pushed out. So why would, you, why would people vote applied instead of Corbyn? So two, if we're talking about on Thursday, I think, let me, do, if we're talking about Thursday and talking about Beyond Thursday as well, because I think there's two different things. If you're talking about on Thursday, um, and it is actually Jeremy Cohn, I actually don't think he's capable of pulling together his team to deliver what he's going to say. So even if he got there, and this includes Welsh Labour MPs, they don't support him. Oh, you know, you could, how many, there are two challenge, you know, one challenge and people resigning left, right and centre. He, he doesn't have the support of his backbenchers. They, they're swarming around him now because they can see that he's getting some traction. The second thing, I actually don't think he's truly radical. I think there are some things in his mani- in the manifesto that are radical, but they're not necessarily the things that would suit um, us in Wales. And I think that's the opportunity. And then if you go beyond Thursday, I think there is a need, an increasing need, particularly I think Brexit is one of these dominoes. I don't know, there's a really good um, gif I saw the other day that basically says, that a domino can push over another domino one and a half times its size. And basically there's this tiny little domino and they, it's really good, we should link it, put it on this Twitter feed. Yeah. And it, it knocks over the seventh domino and it's massive and whatever. And they said, if it had put another eight dominoes there, the last domino would be the size of the Empire State Building. And I think we're in a position now where lots of these things are happening all at once and there's a big, big issue coming and it'll impact on places like Wales first. So some of the things, the really radical things need to move up the agenda and in Wales I'd like to see Pride doing some of those. Do you think you have a problem perhaps in Wales where I'd say the majority of people are socially conservative and you can come up with like these radical ideas and radical positions but they may not gain traction with the public. I mean you just said with Jeremy Corbyn yeah. that he's not that radical. The manifesto isn't at all but I'd say you know he's always been very left wing. I mean he's a socialist. But he is but he's, a, he's an international socialist as well so his his main you know, his interest pre-suddenly finding himself as leader was more about Venezuela and Nicaragua than it was about in homegrown politics. So I think he's had a massive learning curve, which, which I think he's starting to pick up. I mean, that's, that's for him, the advantage of being a backbencher, isn't it? You can kind of like follow these more um, obscure things to what people, you know, are yeah, but affected but, by. But he, he's putting himself forward to be prime minister of the UK. So he, he needs to have a broader... As I say, to be fair to the guy, I think he's actually starting to address some of those things. But I still think there's a lot of weaknesses. And probably his biggest weakness is his ability to, to manage and lead a team. You know, Taking a job out is a manifest, a job application. Yeah, but let's, you know, I, I, you know, do they have the best person in Labour at the moment to be the Home Secretary when they took over? It's, you know, Dynamite isn't good enough. You know, there are people there who just aren't yeah. incapable of taking on a Ministry of State. And that scares me, and it should scare other people as well. And I think there's, this isn't an advert for the Tories either, so I, you know, I don't see 
you know, look at Boris Johnson being foreign. So these, we just have too few people who we go, actually, I'm, I'm impressed by their a leadership or inspired by their, um, where they, where they want to go and their vision. And I think we're missing all that. And we've, we've have had that a bit in the past. Um, the problem is we've had it in a very centrist um, way. So we've, we've delivered this growth driven agenda across um, everything. And we've just, well, that's led us to where we are. We're actually, we're in trouble. You know, the world economy, I think, is in trouble. There's a, the inequality, you know, there was a really good article again the other day. And this is America, I think it's coming here about the richest 20. So we worry about the 1%. It's the richest twenty percent who are the fastest break away from the others. You know, this is this is fast. It's speeding up as well, which is a, should be a concern to us. I think. Yeah, I was going to add as well. Though. I mean, we talked before the podcast about you know. Don't say that. Don't say what I said. <laughs> really? No. All right. But as well as that, the the assassination list um, that in terms of, say, a Tory victory compared to a Labour victory. Yeah. And I would have thought that would be more beneficial for the left as a whole to have, you know, the a left-wing candidate do very well in terms of not be completely crushed and wipe out the movement or a potential movement. Because wouldn't it be, you know, you can position yourself as being very radical compared to the right, but then if the majority of people have, like, kind of swarmed to the right because the left has been demolished, then, you know, you tend not to have a foot in then really do you? No, but I think the um you know this is the 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 centrist progr- you know you could the, it's not right, you know, center left, center right progressive pseudo progressive movement, I think is the thing that's let a lot of us down, to be honest with you, because they've accepted this. I think that has been a shift to the right and they've just accepted it. And they've accepted the you know, they're quite comfortable with us seeing, you know, people not paying taxes. They're quite comfortable seeing these international companies basically running the way the world works and they're not challenging. That goes across all parties. Um, and and I think they're the, they're the things that will eventually start to make people realise that they've chosen the wrong thing because that 20%, if it starts to drag away, that's the, that's, that's the minority winning to the majority's detriment. And if we just balance on, you know, people will talk about economic growth. You know, there's an article in um, the weekends, Wells Online, saying, you know, this is all about, you know, it's the economy stupid. What that is reflecting on, saying it's all about business, it's all about growth, it's all about, this is a narrative that we've just accepted because what, what is the alternative? What, people-centric policies? You know, it, we need to start, I think, start bringing up those alternatives in a way that people will understand because... It isn't doing them any good just following this narrative of grow, 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 grow. Because actually, the, the planet can't cope with it either. You know, there's a perfect storm of stuff that's sitting there today that is just going to get worse and worse. You know, we've got polar ice caps melting. You know, the good thing. You know, that, this, there's no. I was going to say the good thing. There's no, there's no good things that come out. So you've sorry, sorry, I was going to say about the polar ice caps melting. If they do, and then England. Uh, becomes flooded as I've seen some uh, projected maps showing then Wales will get a big boost on it yeah. above ground huge economic boost yeah so maybe that's something that applied and you know potential governments can look at in terms flooding, of flooding securing in. yeah so, the holes in. yeah just go around drill drill as a hose in England no, what, so no you, comment <laughs> so you basically said there that like you know firstly that the, you know the Corbyn, a Corbyn run social democratic UK is 
is essentially hypothetical. You don't think it'll happen anyway. And, and even if it did, um, he has his, he hasn't got the competence necessarily, and he hasn't got the team around to, to run it efficiently. But, but, it, but even if he did, those two things happened. I still think Wales is marginalised in that. Okay, that's yeah. I think this is the that's the key because you've said. I mean, we've had you on as an economist, and I know you've got very radical progressive ideas. So, and you just said that you don't think Corbyn's manifesto is particularly radical compared to the problems that face not just Wales, but the problems that face you know humanity. So, can you speak a little bit about you know that? Where does Corbyn's stuff about you know nationalising the railways, student debt? Well, these are all fantastic, but in terms of the economic paradigm he's working in, do you think he's still wedded to that old? He's, you know, he may not be. But his advisors say, well, actually, you can't. That we're still so scared of what, or oh, you know, the Labour Party is so scared of what the Daily Mail would say. Mm. They're still concerned about, and these are a few people who determine the way that our politics runs because they know that they'll get slated saying, you know, you just it's, f- fairyland. You know, they're working in without real figure. All magic this, money tree, magic money. Yeah, absolutely. But but they're doing that for a reason because they're so scared that someone actually might start to knock down. Um, the thing they're building that's very, very all, it's all about self for them. Um, and yet we've got, you know, in, in England, you know, I'd be really concerned about the National Health Service. You know, I'm concerned about it in Wales, but at least we got our, we can take care of it yeah. ourselves. But I'd be, I'd be extremely concerned. You know, the, the amount of the private, that, that is going to, that is one of the things that Theresa May will, will sell off to the, to the sure. Americans, you know, this isn't. It won't feel like a sell-off. What it will feel like is she'll say, "Well, actually, if you can afford to do this through the NHS, then you're saving more money for the poor people to have the rubbish service at the back end." You know, the the NHS will become a poorer quality service. I think it already is. Yeah, that's been going on for years. So, in the but, but, uh, you know, but that, oh, and uh, yeah, and, and not under each government. I mean, yeah. the, you know, Blair's government opened it up uh, widely to privatisation. Yeah, yeah, uh, but you know, they can always lean on the rhetoric of. Um, and Iron Bevan and the welfare state took back those up. But, yeah, I mean, that's a different thing. I mean, there was an interview with Steve Keane recently, and he was talking about the Labour manifesto. And he said that you know, the Labour, I think, said they're not going to run a they're not going to run a deficit, are they? Or, or they will run a deficit. Yeah. Um, but he's basically said that it's it's still far from far from radical. It's still moved, it's still nowhere near discussing things like degrowth or things like that. So well, they're keeping a lot of um, previous Tory government's welfare cuts. I mean, like. You know, they're not reversing all those billions um, uh, in austerity. It's very much kept. But I think that's what Mark says about, you know, everything's just moved so far to the right that what is, you know, basically gas and water. But, but it moved, it moved, so it has the benefits of having the media support. So, you know, particularly, like, I, you know, who, who are part, even the Guardian, you know, is, is there, is there a, an alternative national media that challenges some of this stuff I'm not sure there really is but the rest of them you know are, have dragged everything the arguments and succeeded in dragging over time quite a long way to the right the thing that we've got on in our favor is that actually we can talk to people in a different way you know we don't have to that they are the news that suited people of my generation and you know an older but actually there's a new this podcast it reaches different people and people will start to you know what they may not agree they may think you know they may be shouting at the that SoundCloud now going well, a load of, but at least they're engaging. We're, we're attracting a different audience. Nation coverage, nothing. It's going. Yeah. You know, there are other ways, and I think the thing that we're also a little bit behind, the the neo right, is about you know they've used Facebook ads and things like that to you know 
Let's get on that train. Let's start recognizing. That's where people get their news. Let's start talking to them. I don't think we need to do it in a way which is using false accounts and things like that. I think we've got a story to be told and it needs to be in that medium. And don't worry so much about what, forget about what, if the Daily Mail slate you. You know, they're, they're people, we're not going to change the people who read the Daily Mail's views anyway. Oh, they're stuck in it. Anyway, they? But they're stuck, they're stuck in their views. Yeah. So, so going back to the economy and, and you know, there's the, a lot, all the talk is about the, you know, the core manifesto I and mean, it's fantastic. It's the blueprint for the left and things like this. You basically don't see that that's going to help Wales or the problems facing Wales. So what are your solutions and what applied solutions long term? So I think I think this will be um, an opportunity. So what what are the outcome? I think that it needs to be um, considered in terms of the outcome of Friday morning. Yeah. Um, I think you know what what are the alternatives? So you could have a, a I don't think you're going to get this Tory landslide. I think that's now gone. A Tory majority, a working Tory majority that delivers Brexit. Do you know, it may even deliver a harder Brexit with a small Tory majority than it would have done with a larger Tory majority. Because I think she would have been, had a position not to take, you know, the re-smogs of this world. If, if there's a 20 majority, their influence is going to be massive in that, on that Tory government. Had she had a majority of 80, it may have been less, um, in, it, it may have been less effective and therefore given her a little bit more scope, perhaps. So if, if, if we take the, the small Tory majority being the um, government of the UK, I think that we're ending up in a situation where Wales will be increasingly marginalised. We will lose some of our industry that's really important to us. And hopefully we'll start to, people will start to recognise actually there needs to be an alternative. Now Applied need to be that alternative. Now Applied need to be that radical alternative. Applied need to talk about independence front and centre in terms of their, and not be scared, not be, again, going back to, let's not be scared of what the Daily Mail says. The Daily Mail never going to support this thing. Don't be scared of what the BBC will say. Let's start having an engaged conversation with people because, you know, it's a bit like having kids. You're never ready to have kids, but sometimes you've got to go and do it. And this is a time where actually we need to start moving towards this as as an opportunity and a thing that's going to happen because the alternative is just rubbish. Do you not feel at the moment applied represent that right? like kind of all radical left then? Uh, n- not entirely. Yeah, uh, we, we're going you know, quite a long way too, and I think we've got a you know a plan that I'm I'd be prepared to that I'm prepared to stand behind. But I think the impact of um, a hard Brexit is is massive for the for Wales. Well, this brings us on to one of the questions actually that. Um, trying something else, like asking people to sort of three questions to, to Mark. We've had one. Huge response. <laughs> uh, out of uh, what, how many followers we've got, like 1,200. Uh, I'm just chipping in everyone. Um, the, the question basically comes from, uh, let's have a look. <laughs> Twitter's not loading up, but anyway. So the question is basically why- You know who you are if you ask the question. <laughs> but, yeah, but why haven't Blake Emery, um, and this is a question, you know, pretty common, why haven't Blake Emery managed to make inroads and eat into Labour support in Wales like they have in Scotland. Why aren't I like the SNP, basically? Uh, so the easy answer to that, which I'm not sure is the right answer, is that we're at different stages of our development. Um, but I think that's that's missing um, that's, that's missing something. I think the, the the answer is is that Wales is 
most definitely a different place. I think you've talked before about is it a bit more socially conservative. I think it probably is. Um, and I think there's a, um, we're much, we've, we have a much more porous border with England than they do in Scotland. So Wales is, is, has got a lot of English people who live here, which, which I have no issue with. Um, wink. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't. I didn't wink. Um, so I think there, there's some of the reasons. So, but also, um, you know, this is events, 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 events. Scottish Labour fell apart. You know, Scottish Labour stood and didn't challenge, weren't seen to challenge the Tories in government sufficiently. And then the SNP was seen as the challenger. Now, this is the trick for Plaid, because if you were to argue that Welsh Labour haven't been challenging, and I don't think they have been challenging um, the Tories sufficiently, they didn't challenge the coalition government, I don't think they're challenging now. If, this, if the Tories do win, you know, these people, are we, we going to actually see them standing up for Wales? And then I think Plaid need to highlight the fact that that's not happening. Um, and then provide an alternative. We also got like a different cultural background, really. Yeah, great. but I mean, I, I think the, the alternative is, as you said, it's it's radicalism. It's the, I mean, the alternative has to be a radical future, surely. And and, and my problem with Plaid is that they seem to have veered away in the past. Of they shy away from the question of independence. Oh, it's not a vote winner. Um, it's Jamie Phillips, by the way. Oh, Jamie Phillips. Thanks, Jamie. Oh, and the other, I've got the other one. There's Come two. In. Coming in from Warren Davis, uh, uh, nine minutes ago, he said, I want to vote Plaid, but in Clyde South, um, um, this genuinely risks letting the Tories in. Should I vote Plaid? I mean, this kind of relates to us as well, though, Plaid not uh, particularly polling high in Regent, and if you, for, for us, we want to stop the Tories kind of forced to, you know, vote tactically. So, so, I, so I'm not convinced by this tactical argument, and I'm not convinced because I don't think the alternative is that you're going to send people who will, who will challenge it. Um, there's a lot of people, Cardiff Central, you could argue, is the same. People saying, you know, will your vote count? If you spoke to enough people, then the votes will count. And I think, um, I don't think it's your fault if Labour aren't doing the, the job that they should be doing. It's Labour's fault that they're not the people who are challenged to it. I think you need to vote, people need to vote with who they think as an individual will make the best impact. In Westminster, if that's applied MP, they should vote for applied. So Labour MP, they should vote for Labour. I can't think of any Tory MPs who I would want standing up for anything to do with Wales. Full stop. Um, it's uh, you know, it's a tough decision, but you know, I'm 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 clear that I'd vote with the person who's the best person for the job. It is a tough decision, and I think in many ways this election is. I mean, for me, it's, it's a clear. A choice between values. You know, there are some people that have been espousing values that are so alien to me and to my family and to any notions of, you know, humanity that, that, that I just can't fathom how they would possibly get on board with them. And I know some people are sort of being misled. I hear some stuff on the radio on the way over here, and people are just keep just saying, "Oh, Theresa May's strong," even though it's abundantly clear that she is a coward and she's weak and incompetent. But there's this really compelling line: "Strong and stable." Um, What's the difference? I mean, I know we keep coming back to the Labour Party and the Labour Party versus Plaid and Wales because that is a primary, I think, that um, it's become polarised between Labour and the Tories. So how does Plaid carve out this niche within Wales? You know, how, how, how are your values different from, let's say, the Labour candidates' values? So, there, there may be a lot of similarities. There may be lots of things that we would agree with. Um, 
Where I think it's completely different is actually the, the, willing, the want of change. I think there's a conservatism that runs right through the Labour Party. And I think that that is the thing that is just letting people down. If we, you know, 30 odd, 30 odd years ago, we had the decimation of heavy industry in Wales and we haven't recovered. You know, and it, it isn't just, and we've, we've tried things and maybe we shouldn't blame Labour for just doing the things that they tried, but they've got it all wrong because they've accepted this narrative. No one, you know, very few people, and they are there, I know they are, but very few people are shouting loud enough to say, actually, we need something completely different. Yeah. So what is that? What is that something completely different? What is your, I mean, this is your pitch. I mean, why vote for you? Why vote for like, What's your vision for a future world? What's the vision for, as you say, our generation, but, you know, what's the vision for the future? So I think we need to build and build a Wales that actually suits the environment that we're coming into. So we, if we're if we're genuinely coming to an environment where the where the um, ecosystem of the world is broken, we need to build a Wales that's appropriate to that. We need to build a Wales that's appropriate to not going after growth all the time. Mm. You know, this is about building, um, focusing on things that I think are more important, like social capital. When we die. We're not interested in how much money we've got in the bank. We're interested in the number of the people who have been in our lives and things. And we get that. But why do we get it too late? Almost. I think there's there's something to be built that's not all about the financialization of our lives. Our lives are worth more than that. And if things that I'm very interested in, things like basic income, you know, paid for by things like land value tax, and some of this is is, is starting to be talked about by people. You know, this isn't as completely off the wall as it was before. Nathan's nodding and basic income he shook his head last time we spoke yeah no I'm still shaking my head about basic income but I think it's um, but there is there is a lot of there's a lot of ideas that I think need to be start, need to be really tested and I think they could be tested in Wales the thing they won't be tested in Wales is via Westminster because it will not happen it will not happen under a conservative government, government guarantee they've already said that they want to devolve but not forget that means if we don't like what you're doing, we're just going to take it yeah. back. Power devolved is power withheld. Still the same thing. And I can't see it being any different from Labour either. So the only thing I can see with that is, and this is the reason I've, you know, I joined parties. It's the reason I've got re-engaged with parties. I think the only answer for Wales is a is an independent Wales. And that's what I'm going to be working towards. Absolutely fantastic. In which applied chemical candidate Mark Cooper essentially calls for the overthrow of capitalism yeah. and independent Wales, which is something that, you know... Hidden in their manifesto, isn't it? Frankly, Corbyn has stopped short of that. So, um, yeah. Right. I did hear armed insurrection. I don't know if it was just me, though. Mark, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for such a great friend to the podcast. Um, good luck. Uh, hopefully, it'll go really well and you'll get the win. Uh, get the W, as Daniel Sturridge says on Liverpool Fan TV. Um any shout outs? Um, well, see, Taggart said that did a shout out to me the you other week. So I have to reciprocate, don't I? But you don't no, have to do just one, you can do as many as you, uh, as many as you want. Yeah. What well, a shout out token to, you know. Is there, is there lots of them? Yeah, but yeah, you can do So, so I'm going to do a plug. Can I do a shameless plug? Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. So, indiecube.community has just set up a, effectively, a trade union for the self employed and freelance community. Um, a big shout out to all the people who've been involved in that, um, including some senior members of the Labour Party. So I've been, it isn't just, you know, we, I, I talk to everyone. Fantastic. Um, Nathan, any shout-outs to you? Um, or you even? For me, Kurt Russell, as always. Although I was, 
he is a libertarian, but I don't know if that makes. Is he a left libertarian or a right wing libertarian? Oh, it makes me make me like him even more, to be mm. honest, because it's just bizarre. Um, saw a really good film yesterday called Don't Think Twice, which okay. is great if uh, anyone's got the chance to to watch it. Please do. The current state of cinema at the moment is pathetic. It's just mm. CGI. There's just mar- mar- just marble and. Although I am a DC Spider Man. What are you? Uh, I know, shout out to my Joe, my family to come to and you. To I did, support, yeah, support, support, support me, and, support the artist, support the artist in in Hay on Y. So this is my life now. You know, it's uh, the life of an artist. Um, Rough jet ski now, but Rough jet ski, yeah. Um, and the bay. All right. Um, I was also trying to find out about um, uh, hip hop, <laughs> and I and I didn't get very far. You didn't. No. All right. Well. Um, shout out to Max Hip Hop Ventures. Yeah, we're gonna pick. Um, we'll we'll pick the intro music. And then eventually you'll, we well, assume you'll be coming on again. So, um, all right, guys, thanks so much for listening. The most important thing is get out and vote. I'm not going to say, like, you know, um, say it. who to vote for, um, but I mean, I mean, <laughs> I'm going to be a classic liberal. I don't care who you vote for <laughs> as long as you vote. It doesn't matter if you vote for the conservatives. That's so much better. I mean, I no, yeah, don't vote. Firstly, don't vote for conservatives because Theresa May is an evil hag. Um, as Mark said, I think really think that you know we're in an epoch where dark clouds are gathering on the horizons. But I mean, people don't aren't appreciating bad things are going to happen. You know, we've got the EDL marching in our cities still. You know, we've got the normalisation of like far right sort of neo fascist rhetoric. You know, from May, and you know, and then I'm not comfortable with voting for a party that has people like Owen Smith and Chris Bryant and other people who are happy to sort of pile in on this dog whistle anti-immigration uh, anti-immigrant rhetoric because I mean migration is a is a is a red line for me because these are not just because we're anarchists but you know the, the idea of dehumanizing people and thinking that certain people have uh, of low value are uh, you know um, that can't be tolerated so yeah my grandparents uh, immigrants Exactly. Came uh, here, worked hard. No, they really retired early. You know, no one should be illegal, people. I mean, this is a, a sort of rant at the end, but I mean, think carefully about who you vote for and think carefully who's going to give you the, the strongest vote for your community um, in Westminster, right? Unless you don't live in a marginal constituency. In which, case, in which case, yeah, yeah don't bother voting because you, there's no point. Uh, <laughs> all right, thanks for tuning in. Um, get us on Twitter. Um, we'll be putting stuff on um, Twitter as usual, some more links, um, and also readnation.comery uh, because we think it's a really good resource so thanks to even Morgan Joseph for setting that up see you soon goodbye bye I learned that I better get used to having to pick between a douche and a turd sandwich because it's usually the choice I'll have he's going to vote he's going to vote he's going to vote let's get out and vote let's make our voices heard we've been given the right to choose between a douche and a turd